Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. <laughs> we are live. Wyndham Clark on the final hole. Can he pull it off? Rory McElroy just could not make anything today. Just absolutely couldn't make anything. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh... I think he's going to finish the day with one or two one putts. So that's just flat out not going to get it done at a major. And honestly, you know, we'll let this finish before I congratulate Wyndham. I don't want to mush him. I mushed Scotty Scheffler. I, I actually bet on him today to come back and win at plus 440 because uh, why wouldn't you? The dude just seems to win everything he looks at. But – other than that, it's just been a bit, bit of a lackluster Sunday, I would say, wouldn't you? Yeah, a little bit lame. Um, <clears throat> I liken Scotty Scheffler to a cockroach. That's what I think he is. He just like never goes go away, away, no matter yeah. what. Um, but, yeah, it's been kind of a lame Sunday just in terms of, you know, Ricky Fowler looked so, and we'll get into that, but how great he looked for three straight days. Um, and he looked inflappable. For three straight days, he set a U.S. Open record for birdies, um, and he's basically, you know, down to the seventy-second hole and doesn't have a chance to win the event, which is insane. Yeah, he. I really, I would have to look at the stats to really point at what went wrong today for him, but ultimately, I think he just didn't really make many of the putts that he was making these last couple of days because his putter's been crazy hot all week. Uh, he didn't miss a few shorter ones, but overall he was just very steady hitting a lot of fairways, hitting a lot of greens. And that kind of feels like this golf course in general. Um, I don't know. I, I really have some strong feelings about this golf course. Do you want to get into that or let's hear him? I think this place kind of sucks. I'm not a huge fan of this place whatsoever. Um, just the general vibe. We can start with the, the spectators, that's been a huge bone of contention all week. Um, and they, if you haven't heard the whole story, basically LA country club, um, they allowed limited spectators to begin with. So they didn't even want to really pack the place. They were selling 
19,000 tickets per day. And that is basically like the equivalent of what you can fit on uh, the 16th at TPC Sawgrass in total on, on the entire golf course. And then on top of it, the members bought like half of the available tickets to the public. Now I think 9,000 of the 19,000 were hospitality only. So a corporate type deal where you're in the tent. Um, but it, it just, it, it, it is a great course. Don't get me wrong. I do think it is a good course. It is just so non-typical of what a U.S. Open is. And I'm not generally a golf truther or anything, but I really feel like with the U.S. Open, you got to play the hits. You got to throw 99 on the black. Like, there's no, this isn't time to fuck around and, and see how this goes or see how that goes. But I really do have a feeling that somehow – this was swung by, you know, some big donations to the, the PGA Tour Nonprofit Association, or I, I feel like there was some other way that this was this was moved to here and, and placed here because I just don't I don't see it as a US Open course, do you? Yeah, no, it doesn't have the I mean it has the US Open rough for sure. And there's like some guys that one of the things all week is you you really just can't you can't hit the green half the time if you're hitting it in the rough on your first, off the tee, off the tee box. Yeah. And that part of it, I do. Open. No. And that's what I'm saying. And that part of it, I do see. Uh, but overall, I, I don't, you know, it's not the, it's not your typical U S open course for sure. And it's definitely not your typical U S open, open atmosphere. <clears throat> and we'll get into that after, you know, the tournament kind of recaps and what all the guys had to say, but pretty interesting how many, players uh spoke out this week and even players that you wouldn't expect um to speak out you know so like that that part is pretty interesting to me all right so we got Wyndham. they're not giving us a yardage here 197 197 win in off the left i bet he's got maybe six iron oh Oh, it looks like he's leaning no it's right at the flag yeah no, it was right at the hole. Um, so basically, he's just got a two putt for a U.S. Open victory. How fucking lame! So unbelievable. No, I mean it. it hey, I <laughs> let's give a little. Sh- hey, let's give a little shout out to us. Um, me, us. We kind of called this a little bit. Like, there's no reason with this dude, and it with Wyndham Clark he has the game to win majors and he's obviously proving it this week, but it just goes to show you, you put it well and you drive it well and you can win majors that Wyndham has done those two things this week. He struggled a little bit with the putter today in a few spots, but he had a few unbelievable up and downs. Like he, he definitely didn't have his best stuff tee to green today, but um, just making putts when it matters, making those six, eight footers and just it, it's so different when you can play this finishing stretch and you you have six irons seven irons eight irons in on 500 yard par fours like wind in your face these the length that he has is just such an advantage especially when you're driving in the fairway you're driving it well um and it, it also just goes to show you now He's taking the lid off. You know what I mean? It was like, 
once he got that first win, kind of got that, uh, you know, monkey off his back. Oh, look at everybody running up 18 now. It's like all the spectators for the day. Um, <laughs> Everyone still at LA Country Club is now on the 18th hole. Oh, there's a kid right. like about ready to run up on the green. Oh my God, they're getting, holy shit. People are going to start getting tased out here, dude. They're... Oh, somebody just went through the bunker. There, there is disaster. Look at these fucking idiots. <laughs> Shout out to Greg, by the way. He said, uh, welcome to the club of getting your ass whooped by a major winner uh, in high yep. school. That's now we're, we're, we can join that elusive club. Of yeah, just getting it makes me, it generally makes me feel better about my own game. kid fucking. What'd you say? Yeah. Oh, it definitely makes me feel better about my game too. Yeah, the fact that I, mean, I competed against this kid and and now he's a U.S. Open champion, and he's won twice in the last month. Hottest golfer in the world, Wyndham Clark, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't pick anybody over him right now, and that's that is the crazy thing. Honestly, is six weeks ago, the golf world, maybe twenty percent of the golf world, uh, knew his name, Corey Thurman. I'm honored to be in that club too. Yeah, it's a real treat. Uh, but he, nobody really knew who this dude was. And now it, it almost feels like, uh, I hate to compare it to this, but like a Nuggets rise to stardom. Like we knew how good his game was, but now everybody else gets to see it on this national stage. And now everybody's recognizing that too. And it, he's finally getting and he's earning the respect he's being given. Like he he's earning people's respect with his game. Yeah. Um, Colorado's on an absolute heater right now, just finishing up a parade for the Denver nuggets. And now a, a Colorado kid from Valor Christian high school wins the U S open. What a, what an incredible week for our home state. Yeah. He's, uh, he's keeping the good going here in Colorado. I uh, was there a point in the last three holes where you didn't think he was going to win this event because there was a couple for me. No, I when when he missed the putt on sixteen, that he after hitting an incredible you know the drive <clears throat> after the drive I was like okay he's toast, and then he made you know chipped out made the right play, and then his caddy really cool mic'd up with him and his caddy talking about exactly how like specific these dudes are. It is crazy. Like he's like, y'all want to land this one twenty five, you know, right on the dot, uh, and he did, and he left himself like a seven or eight footer, and then that turned into shit, and he ended up missing it. But uh, when he missed that, I, I thought the door was a little bit open for Rory. But I, I think the longest putt Rory made all day today was that par putt on like fifteen or sixteen after he blew his birdie putt by. He did not make anything today. Nothing. Yeah. And, well, and it, basically he's going to finish one shot out of a major. Well, yeah. And that's the thing with Rory is he just never stepped through that door today. There was plenty of opportunities for him to step up. Oh, no way. Oh, oh he's going to. Now he, he left, left no stone unturned. He's got a tap. Holy in. shit. Wyndham Clark is going to win the U S open. Dude, what were his odds to win this? He, dude, I, 
I don't want to say, but I, I honestly took a good hard look at him and I felt like I could have done it. I think he was plus 6,000 again. Um, it, it's just insane what he's doing this week. And, and I, th I think there's a lot of other storylines. Unfortunately, I think, I think this will be more remembered for the major that Ricky and Rory both kind of pissed away. Um, don't get me wrong. Clark has definitely played very salt, like even par on a Sunday in, uh, in a major is most of the time going to get the job done. Uh, but we were just waiting for something outstanding from Ricky or Rory or Scotty or Z Oh, I, I can't even get into Xander Shoffley. That dude fucking sucks. That guy, he shoots 62 day one and proceeds to take five steps back <laughs> over the next three days. Um, he's never going to win a major. Oh, Wyndham's got the water. Oh yeah. He is so fucking stoked. Oh, that makes I, me so he's happy. He's going full cry. Holy shit. That kind of gives me goosebumps. Yeah. He is like absolutely ripping yeah, across his ear. His caddy's like Draymond Green over there whispering in his ear. How insane is it that <laughs> how insane is it that uh there was two sixty twos on Thursday at this event and the, the winner finishes at ten under. Yeah, I mean the the golf course, it, but that's the thing is like the the major pressure definitely got to the guys in the final group because look at what and granted it did dry out in the afternoon, but Tommy Fleetwood shot sixty three earlier today, like what he finished two hours ago, three hours ago. I mean the golf course is not going to change that that much in that amount of time, so it's just. It, there's definitely some outside pressure that comes with being in some of the final groups. Here's Ricky giving him a pep talk. That's cool. Ricky, Ricky's one of the most just endearing guys on tour. And I, I honestly can say that Ricky winning this would have been universally loved by all golf fans. Um, I don't think there's really anybody that doesn't like Ricky Fowler because what reason do you have to not like Ricky Fowler? But Holy shit, man. I'm still kind of in shock that Wyndham finished this. It's it's insane. <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, yeah, so Wyndham Clark was at plus 7,000 to start the week, right between Corey Connors and uh, Justin Rose, who you picked. So. Oh, good. Just a turd sandwich for me. Just pick the the outside of the turd sandwich and, and Wyndham the winner sandwich right in the middle. What a treat. Yeah, right. Yeah, right in between our, our Sam Burns and Ricky Fowler and Justin Rose, right in right in our wheelhouse. Um, but really awesome for this guy, dude. Just to like we we were kind of worried. Um, we were trying to get stuff out. Uh, we we posted that TikTok and we're trying to get that out on Friday night. Uh, and we're worried about like him losing contention. Basically, you were kind of being an asshole to me. You're like, hey, get this out. Um, and then it. <laughs> He ended yeah. up winning the event. So it doesn't look bad anymore. No, it, it doesn't at all. I just wanted to make sure we, we got it. Well, <clears throat> I, I really, if I'm being honest, I didn't see him sticking around for a weekend because he just, you know, it took him a while to make that first step of winning a tour event, um, you know, compared to a lot of his peers that won 
three, four or five years ago, you know, right when they came out of college, but now, you know, he joins the likes of Scotty Scheffler and um, <clears throat> these other young dudes that are capable of going out and winning a major, you know, at, at any time. It's, it's crazy, man. Well, and, you know, just like we talked about when he won the Wells Fargo a couple weeks ago, a, a elevated field event, a lot of good players in that, and he goes out and dominates. And then, you know, his game, you know, if you want to look at his game on a major level, um, and I think they spoke about it today, later in the day, it's a most us opens fit well if you play a cut and he was playing a cut all day um he's definitely not you know he's not going to be a favorite to win a masters at any point being a right-handed golfer that uh hits a cut and plays a cut but um <clears throat> you know I, for this i will for i will this say, golf course he was cutting it all day and yeah i mean he uh i wouldn't even call it a cut that's more than a cut that is a fucking banana ball and I know that when you create that much speed, he, his ball speed was averaging 190, 188 to 190. You know, the ball is going to work more like that. But holy shit, I mean, fucking Paul Azinger was about to cream his shorts watching Wyndham cut it all over this place because that dude just cannot shut up about all how, how good cuts work out at U.S. Opens. Like, I'm sorry, but Paul Azinger sucked all week. This dude needs to get off major broadcasts. He's, he's fucking terrible. All he talks about is how how basically indirectly saying how much harder it used to be to hit a golf shot with the old clubs, with the old ball. Oh, the ball spins so much now. Oh, the clubs go so far now. They're so easy to hit now. Shut the fuck up, dude. I get, I'm so done with him calling majors, and it's just this old – get off my lawn mentality like oh well you know if i was playing you can just tell he's not saying it but that's what he's insinuating like oh if you know if this technology existed 30 years ago we'd be doing the same shit like that's not 100 percent a fact like maybe jack would be doing the same shit maybe the 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 very best players would be doing the same shit but if paul azinger was playing today he'd probably be a maybe a top 75 player he wouldn't sniff a major so this dude needs like I'm so done with these dudes that think they're so fucking good and think so highly of themselves and they wouldn't survive 10 seconds in on today's PGA tour. Like Paul Azinger is one of those dudes and I'm just like done with his shit. I want I want a fresh crop of dudes in there. I want Colt Nose calling it. I want Smiley Kaufman calling it. I want these younger dudes. We don't need Nick the Nick Faldos and the Paul Azingers of the world on any more broadcasts. I can't fucking stand that guy. Rant over. <laughs> I love that. No, yeah, the, the commentary was pretty rough, uh, as it kind of always is. Um, there was some funny comments, though. Did you catch the comments today uh, during the 14th hole from Nance when they were talking about the Playboy Mansion? No. Um, there was like a weird... There was like a weird screech or, and somebody goes, you know, oh, something about peacock or that somebody unleashed the peacock sound. And then they were like, oh, yeah, that could have probably came from the Playboy Mansion um, that uh, <laughs> that's over there on the 14th hole. And then they like pan over to it. And then I think I don't remember who it was. It may have been. Is Nance on this call? No, Nance didn't even do the call today. OK, it well, it's Dan Hicks. If Nance would have done it. It was Dan Hicks or someone else. They go. They go. Uh, oh, there's been a lot of action there in the uh, in the near in the past. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's not wrong, good. but it was good. Remember, there's actually somebody has like their own bird sanctuary on the golf course. Like there's a legit like somebody has a zoo in their backyard. So that's what it was. Maybe if these guys oh, paid yeah. attention to the fucking game notes, they'd, they'd have an idea what was going on out there. Um, <laughs> they didn't read the game notes. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, let's let's go back in time a little bit, and we'll start with um, just you know from Thursday, and then we'll get to the you know today's round and talk about Wyndham Clark a little bit more. But pretty insane to see uh, the two guys shoot 62 that's never been done there was a lot of firsts in this u.s open that's for sure um and then like were you surprised on thursday that it was it was so easy like and and do you think the course they did anything to make the course harder it just got harder naturally based on you know them not cutting it or them doing anything different or you think just the pressure got you guys towards the end yeah, um, I, I think that the pressure definitely compounds during the weekend, but it, it sounded like, and they, they referenced it a million times on the broadcast, the weather just wasn't really cooperating because it, it generally is pretty dry and hot and sunny out in L.A., and it was not the first few days. It was actually fairly cool and damp, and it just kept the, the golf course too soft and gettable. Um, and realistically like you watch these these holes where the first hole is a 590 yard par five and i think that dudes were having like 220 230 in so a lot of these holes were not near as tough as they should have been and it's kind of damned if you do damned if you don't because if it's soft you know the greens are going to be soft so Either way, because these guys hit it long enough where they don't need a lot of rollout in the fairway. But then if they do get a lot of rollout in the fairway, then they're, you know, they're going to have flip wedges into 500 yard par fours. So there's really no way to, to really get the teeth of this golf course to show unless the greens are as firm as they were today. And even then they weren't crazy, crazy firm, like, I think that everybody just wants carnage from this golf tournament and we didn't necessarily see that this week. Um, but the, the, some of the golfers came out defending it like, Oh, you know, the field was widely separated and there was plenty of guys that, you know, that played like shit, Justin Thomas, Max Homa pissed down his leg. Um, there's, there's plenty of guys that played bad, but you know, I think overall, they didn't make it impossible, impossible. And I really don't have a problem with that. I, I just, it it seemed like the greens were really, really tough to read in general. Like there's so many little breaks here and there. Um, A lot of guys taking second looks like, how did this go that way? Or, you know, the greens just seemed very subtle. And so that the firmer they got and the faster they got, the tougher it was going to get. So yeah, 60, 262s on Thursday, definitely did not see that coming. But if you could have told either Xander or Ricky, you just got to shoot two under the next three days and you'll be in a playoff, you know, like, do you think that changed their game at all? Like, it's crazy to think about like that. Yeah, well, that's – and that's why it's golf is such a beautiful sport and especially at the professional level because 
you know, they, they went out and just absolutely slaughtered this course on Thursday. And like you said, all they need to do is shoot 69, 69, 70. And they're, you know, playing still and they're, they're fighting Wyndham Clark and whoever else for, uh, in a playoff for the rest of the event. So it is wild. Um, yeah, Xander Schauffele, I was texting, uh, RK today about it. And that's the last, that guy's fucking blacklisted for me. Um, absolutely blacklisted from my, I think I did just see, I think, uh, he snuck in at the, in the top 10 because Dustin Johnson made a bogey coming in. Um, so I think he cashed my top 10 bet. Can neither confirm nor deny that yet. The leaderboard isn't loading, but um, just a horrendous start for him yesterday. Uh, he's in the mix and he hits, hits the fucking lip of the bunker two straight times. Like, what was that? Yeah, that, that was definitely like, there's, there's times where, you make a, a, a mistake like with your swing or obviously everybody hits the random odd shot, but to make a clear decision to try to hit it that far out of that bunker, pound it in the lip, it comes back at you and then do it again. And then you don't, you, you like, you, that is just a mental error that you cannot make. And he made it two times over. Like, and I feel like almost his caddy's got to have something to do with that. You know what I mean? He, uh, he's got to talk him off of that and be like, Hey man, let's take our medicine, hit a wedge. Cause it looked like he had something like an eight iron or something like that. And obviously it wasn't getting up quick enough. So, uh, how about this kid too? They're doing the trophy ceremony. If you're, wa- if everyone's watching, um, Gordon Sargent, the kid from Vanderbilt wins low amateur. And I bet if you had to pick two dudes in the field with the highest club at speed and the highest ball speed this week, it was these two dudes standing at the podium, Gordon Sargent and Wyndham Clark. Like if that goes to show you distance isn't a one in this game, then I don't know what will. Yeah, I mean, between this kid and and then, you know, maybe some Cam Young. Um, but I think this dude just dominated. Like, I think the the U.S., uh, the AM leaderboard, he was like three over. And the other dudes were like 13 or 14 over. So they made the cut and then completely pissed down their leg for an entire weekend. But I would have done the same thing. I would have shot 100 here. So I don't uh, – I'm not going to sit here and act like it was uh, easy all weekend. But um, going back to – something that I heard on the broadcast on Thursday. Uh, they had, they did a mic'd up with Sahith Thigala, which was awesome. And one thing I never thought of, and maybe this is just me being like, just not, not vigilant and not paying attention a ton is like Sahith Thigala. He was an afternoon guy on Thursday and he watched the whole morning on Thursday to see how certain guys played certain holes, especially at a course like this, how, how big of a deal was that? for the, the guys playing in the afternoon, being able to watch the morning guys when, you know, guys like Rory didn't even step on this course till Monday. I, I think that's that part of it's insane with this whole LA country club thing. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, it's so hard to believe that Rory was watching YouTube videos about how to play this course because he's literally never played out here. And I, I can't imagine, you know, there's gotta be some guys that, came out early, you know, if you qualify for the major, I wonder what the membership was like with allowing 
the guys that had already qualified to come out and play practice rounds. Um, because yeah, seeing a course for the first time for everyone, except for guys like Max Homa and anybody you basically put played in the pack 12. Cause I think they played a, a pretty big event there back in college and Max Homa still has the course record out here after this week of 61, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, that nobody seeing this course and everybody going in blind, it almost makes it a little bit more of a fair test, like for the entire field, you know, cause everybody has the same knowledge of the course. There's no dude that has, has an advantage over another on, you know, the course, uh, just the lay of the land in general. So it almost like evens the playing field a little bit. Yeah. It's just crazy to me that guys like some of the stories you heard coming out Thursday and Friday, that guys couldn't even get on here, couldn't play it. And then the whole thing came out with the Zyre golf post and all the info about like what it costs, you know, 250 grand to be a member here, no celebrities allowed, which is kind of insane. Um, there was a funny tweet today some guy like took a video of himself changing his shoes in the parking lot and just put like the most God awful in- inexplicable golf act of all time. Yeah. Yeah. Their, their rules definitely are a little bit stringent. And I, I think there is something to having us opens at public courses, like playing them at a course that any other person can go play. I think it's just good for growing the game in the way of like there, there's no separation between what they're doing on TV and what everybody else does when they go play. You know what I mean? Obviously on the PGA tour, they're doing it much better than the general public does it. But for an amateur to be like, Oh, I've hit that shot or, Oh, I've played that hole or I want to go play there. You know, it just incorporates so much more. And there's plenty of really, really good public golf. I mean, look at TPC Harding park. We've played out there and they just hosted the PGA a couple years ago. So, I mean, there's so many other good golf courses that aren't just so hardcore private and don't want anything to do with publicity and, and that's the thing is, like you said, there's no celebrities that are members, yet they want to host a major here. Like, I think the USGA needs to do better about being upfront with the the golf course and being like, you know, this you you guys cannot limit the amount of tickets that are sold. Like, this isn't our control. We're running this event. I, I think it it feels like LA Country Club kind of dictated how this event went from a spectator standpoint. And I don't like that at all. Like I think the years, all the other years that they've played amazing old school golf courses that they've done it at, you know, multiple times, like next year, Pinehurst, it's a classic U S open layout. It's a great U S open course. And it's just this week just didn't do it for me. Like overall, there's, there's a few really good holes that I liked. I mentioned 15, um before the week started it played as short as 85 yards yesterday and think about this they they made it so short that it was hard if that if that hole is 100 yards it's easy but since it's 85 yards these dudes had to hit like especially with the wit downwind front pin these guys were hitting like skip cut wedges and trying to bank it off the back ridge and bring it back and i think that produced like 23 putts yesterday so there was a few very good holes but then there's a few holes for me where it's like 
straightaway 500 yard par four, straightaway 500 yard par four. You know, there wasn't that much, you know, unique, (laughs) different aspects to it. I don't even know if that's correct English or not. It just didn't feel that, that unique and that cool to me. It just felt very blah, very LA. Yeah, well, and there was a lot of players that spoke out about the layout too. Victor Hovland said the only hole that he liked was hole number nine. (laughs) He's like, that's the only hole that's like kind of good. Um, and then Brooks Kepka, of course, came out and said on Friday that he's like, I just don't like this course. Uh, and when one of the points that he made saying that, you know, that kind of got blown up, but th- the point he made is a lot of balls go in the same area, no matter where you hit it. And I think it was six or seven. I want to say it's literally a ravine in the middle of the fairway where if you hit it left, it goes down there. It's like, it's like a gym in course. It's like a, a resort style course where you can hit a drive 280 yards carry and it rolls down right 280 yards in the fairway. Or you can hit a drive 240 that rolls down that ravine and is in the same exact spot at 280. Like that, that part was a little bit you know, gimmicky from, uh, from the USGA and just from you know, playing it at LA Country Club in general. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would agree with that. And it's kind of crazy to think about, but if you think about Riviera, there is definitely some similarities there. Like Riviera starts out with a downhill par five right off the bat. Um, The 18th hole, think about the fairway on 18. You hit it up the left, it filters down to the right. You hit it up the right, it stays right there, you know, or maybe goes into the right rough. There's a lot of like similarities to this dude's layout. Um, the I think there's definitely more elevation change at LA Country Club than there is at Riviera, so that's a big difference. But other than that, you can kind of get a read on this dude, uh, George Thomas, from uh, a century ago and and kind of tell what his vibe is. But I would agree. I mean, there was a couple of holes that um, it really made no sense to lay up. I think that that par four sixth, um, where dudes were hitting three wood to the green. And I will say that I did not hear about this, but apparently the designer back in the day really enjoyed making like half par holes. So like par is kind of a relative term, obviously. So a few of these par threes are like a three and a half. And then some of these par fours are like a three and a half. So if you play the par threes, well, like the longer ones, uh, what 11, I think it was 11, 290 yards at one point. Um, if you're yeah, making it, it was there, playing was like two, 253 today. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one on the front that was playing 270. So, I mean, the part threes were crazy long and then there's a couple of short fours I still think the short part three is the best hole on the course because it gives guys the ability. I don't care how good you are. You're not, just by the law of averages, you're not going to hit a shot within five feet from 290 yards. It just doesn't, it's probably a one in 200, one in 300 chance. Um, but with the short part three, like if a guy just wants to take dead fucking aim and hit the exact number, he can do that with a 90 yard, 110 yard shot. And even as they stretched it out as far as 140 today, um, but just such a good hole. And obviously it provided fireworks. There's three hole in ones there this week. And then Wyndham makes bogey there today. So I, I think that a good short par three is essential on a great 
golf course, in my opinion, because there's got to be one part three where you really feel like you can make a birdie, but also, you know, walking off with four there feels like a double. Like you, you, it really presses guys to be like, this hole's only a wedge, you know, I got to hit it close. Um, so I just really enjoyed that hole. But other than that, and that's what Brooks said, I mean, or I'm sorry, Victor said, there's a lot of good hold- holes. There's no great holes. So I think it was just kind of an underwhelming layout for the players. Uh, the finishing stretch seemed pretty, you know, blah in your face average. Like I, I mean, the green complexes are great and all that, but T to green and just, there's really nothing like Wyndham. There was at no point that Wyndham couldn't play a 50 yard cut off the tee today. He was hitting a 50 yard cut pretty much everywhere and getting away with it. So in my opinion, with the the US Open, I think it needs to be on a course where you're more picking spots, you know, the fairways are a little tighter and you really got to be precise about like the fairways were just too wide to me. And I know that sounds like a lame take, but there was too much forgiveness in the fairways. If you make wide fairways and really firm fairways, no wonder that the winner was a 10 under, you know what I mean? That these guys you're, you can't make it hard enough when all they have is wedges in all day. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, the, some of the green, green complexes were what saved this course to be honest though and i think it was pad patty harrington or somebody in the field was like these are the best greens we've played on in years so that part of it like i i think the greens overall were i i don't know how many times they said there is there's a few things you know let's let's um i'll piggyback on your announcer annoyance for a second uh if you watch this tournament enough you you there was about 10 different putts that were the fastest putt on the course um, and, and then there was also a million Barrancas, uh, and that was said 150,000 times. Like, God, I couldn't stand to hear that one more time. Uh, yeah. and also when, when they played the 11th hole, 81 yards, uh, that was said at least 81 times during the broadcast <laughs> of, of how long that hole is playing. Yeah, I, I definitely think, um, it's an announcer's job to know when Greg, Greg says you sound like Paul Azinger fairways are too wide and <laughs> fairways are too wide. And these dudes just hit it too long. No, I, I do think that is funny, Greg, and you're, you're kind of an ass in general, but Thank I do you, think Greg. Mitchell has a point with, with the U S with the U S open. Like, I feel like you have to, you, there, there was how many holes were guys hitting iron off tees today? Like that's kind of a U.S. Open is like, hey, I can go for it and hit it down and maybe have a flip wedge in, but it's not like I can just pump driver anywhere or pump three wood everywhere. Like, it's it's more of like I need should I hit five iron off this tee? Should I hit six iron off this tee? That kind of stuff is what it, what you normally see a U.S. Open. Exactly these these dudes were hitting driver all over the place. There's a Wyndham went got greenside with an iron on a par four. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? That that is that kind of brings it into question. And Greg, you know I'm right. You're you you think the same way. Like, you really want to see a tough test of golf. Or, you know, if the fairways aren't too wide and you you leave them that way, then it's basically playing like an open, you know, the open championship where then 
you have to make the greens really tough. The weather has to pick up. And in LA, you know, that's what everybody always raves about in LA. The weather is just always great. So there was really no teeth that they could force. Like they, they could have brought fans out and blown the greens to dry them out. But I mean, really other than that, the course just doesn't really have that much teeth because these dudes are just too fucking long. I'm, I'm going to double down on that. Like, and I'm not saying they're too long. The, the course allowed them to hit driver in too many places, in my opinion, like in the rough, the rough is always spoken about, but it was the rough around the greens, around the bunkers. It wasn't necessarily the rough. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood hit a wood out of the rough today at the par five on the back nine on the green. So there is no other U S open venue I can think of unless Pinehurst maybe, because they've got all the pine straw and shit. It's a little different, but um, no, you would never think of pulling out a wood out of the rough at Shinnecock Hills or Marion or, um, you know, any of those class Baltus Rall, uh, Beth page. That's just not a thing at those places. You know what I mean? So this rough definitely, was uh it was relevant it wasn't a a non-factor but much easier for these guys and they're just so fucking good that you have to make the rough to the point where you borderline it's a must chip out situation because that forces dudes to hit the fairways like and and that was the other thing too is with this golf course i felt like there's so little protection in front of the greens like maybe there's a bunker there but they're there was a run-up area in front of almost every single green. There was hardly any like force carries except for like that short par four where they were hitting flip wedge and the pin was in the front. I think it was four or five, something like that. But really it felt like other than that, you know, if you manufactured a shot, you could run it up there. And for us open, there is some level of needing to run it up because it's so firm, but at the same time, you're allowing dudes the opportunity to possibly get it close. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was basically just not penal. And like Greg said, he he said there was a lot of dead yardage. The holes are 500 plus, but with wind and elevation changes, the course played nowhere near 7,400 yards. So in that sense, yeah, it's like a 550 yard. Like I think on 16 today, Cam Smith, who, by the way, of course, it's just the whole live PGA thing. Cam Smith finishes like fifth in this tournament. We saw like six of his golf shots all, the whole week. That yeah. was a fucking joke. Same with Dustin Johnson. They they were like forced to show him today because he started to contend. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we got to show his shots. Like, I don't want to watch fucking Harris English hit golf shots <laughs> when Dustin Johnson and Cam Smith are competing. I'm sorry. I, I, I will be honest. I looked at Harris English and I'm just like, there's no way this dude contends. Like I cannot picture Harris English walking down like the back nine in contention here. And it's no knock on him. He's super talented. And I think he's, he's got, you know, obviously a great game. I'm sitting here on my fucking couch and he just is cashing a check for probably five, six, $700,000. So, but there's just that thing about the dude where you're like, he does not have the game to win a major. He can contend, but winning a major, he just does, it feels like he doesn't have that kind of like killer instinct that you need to get get the job done. He just seems like too laid back, too chill. 
And, you know, I, I mean, we can, we can clip this and I could just be putting my foot in my mouth at some point, but he's just one of those dudes that feels like he's going to win about 10 or 12 times on tour, never win a major and be discussed as like maybe a top 10 player to never win a major, but he just couldn't get over the hump, like a, almost like a Lee Westwood type of career. And then head, head to the live tour to finish out right off into the sunset. <laughs> um, I want to talk about a few shots that felt like they were kind of momentum swinging. Um, Rory laying up on that par five that he didn't necessarily need to lay up on and he could have gotten good wood on it. And then he proceeds to hit a dog shit wedge, um, which should come as a surprise to nobody because for as elite as he is, he fucking sucks with the wedges. And then he gets a amazing break. It plugs in the wall of the bunker. He gets a drop, chips it to eight feet and still makes bogey. Like I felt like that was kind of the nail in the coffin for Rory, even though he was still somewhat in contention. Um, especially then when Wyndham proceeds to step up and uh, hit it from like 290 onto the green, to like 25 feet for Eagle makes birdie there gives himself a three shot cushion. Like at that point I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, why can't we just have a close, close mate? And I know we've had some good majors. I just want every major to be close. And it just, those last three or four holes just felt like they weren't near as nerve wracking as they could have been. Yeah, no. And it's just a matter of Rory, um, you know, not putting his foot on the gas and not making a putt. I mean, the dude made nothing all day. He, he birdied the first hole and I don't think he made a birdie after that. I think he made one birdie on the first hole and a bogey on 17 or 16 or what that par five, maybe it was a par five. So 13. <clears throat> and that was it the whole day. And you kind of feel bad for him because he's like in contention and he's there, but also goes to show you, you know, Ricky Fowler sets the world, uh, the U S open record for birdies also was last in the field in bogey avoidance and ends up finishing in the top 10, you know? So it, you know, finishing for Ricky Fowler, finishing top five at a U.S. Open, yeah, that's a win for where he's been in his career. Uh, but considering he fired a 62 and was leading going into Sunday and loses by five shots, it, it's a little bit of a letdown. Or do you think it's all, all roses for Ricky this week? No, I definitely think that this will probably be his last good chance to win a major. I he's definitely, it feels like his game is over the hill. I don't know if he's ever going to get back to being in contention week in and week out. Um, but it really felt like this was his to grab by the horns and take, and he just didn't do it. And I think that kind of cements, unfortunately, what everybody has thought about him. Uh, and, but in all honesty, like, that dude still has a great life. Obviously we're not talking about overall, you know, what this means for him personally. Like he's still living it up. He's still cashing millions of dollars worth of checks. And, um, but from a golf career standpoint, I think he's always going to kind of be like, what if this, what if that? And I, I really don't think he'll ever win a major. Um, so I, I would have enjoyed seeing him get it done, but th there was plenty of, doors opened you know there was plenty of holes to birdie on the front nine because we can even talk about that a little bit the front nine played i think the final day today the front nine played like five over total for the whole field 
then the back nine played like 85 over. So the back nine was a very challenging test in comparison to the front, but you saw guys like um, who had a putt for 28 on the front nine today. Uh, there was so many low scores out on the front nine. Uh, Austin Eckro shot 29 on the front nine. Yeah. He had, a, he had a putt for 28 and shot 29 on the front. So it was definitely Tom, Tom Kim shot 29 in on uh, Saturday, yesterday, which was the fifth one in us open history. And then today just gets backed right up by the sixth 29. Now, granted it's a par 35. So that changes the game a little bit being six under versus being seven under. But uh, overall it, the front nine was just very gettable. And that's why like, you know, having Xander on the card this week and him watching him just have a debacle on every hole that was quote unquote easy. It was like yeah. insane. And honestly, dude, like I know we, we talked to Lou Stagner. We did the whole stats episode. I forget what hole it was. I want to say it was maybe 16 or 17. There was a, I think it was 16, 21% of the field hit the green in regulation the whole week on a par four. Like that's an insane number to me. Yeah. No, that, that, that is one of the, I would say 17 was probably the toughest hole on the course. That green was kind of slivered over there. I mean, that's where we saw Wyndham almost blow it yesterday. Um, had to take a, a drop out of the hazard and ended up making a clutch bogey. Um, but that hole probably will go down as one of the toughest par fours. I would assume in uh, U.S. Open history, which is crazy considering it, that was that was the weirdest thing about this tournament for me is and honestly one of the few things I did like about it is it felt like there was very distinct birdie holes and very distinct like tough bogey holes like there was holes where you're like okay foot on the gas and I mean it makes it challenging for a guy to go back and forth in the mindset of okay I need to get one here. And then you go to the next hole, you're like, okay, I need to survive this one. And, you know, bogey's not a terrible score. Like, the difference between knowing when to be aggressive, when not to be, is a challenge for these guys. So, uh, 17, super tough. I thought 18 was going to be a little tougher, but there was a few pins out there. 17, where even though Scotty made two there yesterday, which was just insane, um, that front left pin was borderline ungettable. Uh Scotty, you could say he hit a great shot. No, not taking any credit from him, but a lucky bounce to end up where he was. He was a yard from going in the front left bunker and being completely hosed. So that there were a few pins out there protected by the bunkers to the point where you just flat out couldn't get to him. And you're like, but then on the other side of that, and you can tell me, I mean, if you're a smart golfer, and there's a pin that you can't get to. Obviously, these guys it, it tests your patience, but they're just going to aim away from it. Like there, it just felt like there's so many boring holes today where there was pins that nobody, everybody knew no one was going to make birdie at, so they would just aim away from it, hit it to 30, 40 feet, and two butt. Like that's not exciting to me. Yeah, there was a lot of like Wyndham Clark did that a ton. And that just goes to show, you know, when winning players, what they do. And, and it is hard to, uh, you know, it, even the general public. And when you go out to play a course, you how many people look at the center of the green? I'm working on that myself right now. It's just like, all right, I shouldn't go for this flag. Like, let's hit it to the middle of the green. But there's a lot. 
it's hard to keep your, like you said, keep your patience, say, all right, this is not a, and going back to what you said earlier about the birdie and bogey holes, the course starts out. One is a birdie hole. Then two is a bogey hole. Then three is a birdie hole. Then four is a bogey hole. And it was just like immediately right out of the gates, you're like back and forth and back and forth. And then you get to the whole back nine and you're like, shit, I don't, I, I can't, like Cam Smith shooting three under on the back nine today was probably the most impressive nine hole stretch of the entire event. Yeah. Yeah. And he made like two 10 foot, 12 foot par putts on the last two holes. Like there was nothing easy about that back nine. Um, but yeah, that, that was probably my biggest gripe while along with the whole spectator situation, the announcer situation. Oh, I got to bring this one up because it's, it was absolutely hilarious in real time. Paul Azinger, so Wyndham, do you remember that shot he hit on the par three, I think the seventh, um, where he had a crazy uphill lie, his feet were in the bunker, and he basically had to play it out almost sideways. And you Oh, that was nine. Oh, was that nine, the par three? Oh, yes, it was. Okay, yes, it was nine. Um, and so Wyndham plays it out to the left, and Azinger's like, that's not going to come back. And it keeps coming back and he keeps going. That's not going to come. Like he's literally watching it do what he's saying. It's not going to do. And how can you keep doubling? Like you're watching yourself be wrong in real time and you're still doubling down on it. Like we should get this dude to debate fucking skip Bayless. On yeah. He's him. like, I don't think that's going to get inside. A... Yeah. He's like, I don't think that's going to get inside of 10 feet. And then he goes, Oh, seven feet, two inches. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't think that was going to happen. The whole time as it's just rolling. Yeah. I hoped it didn't happen at that point. I wanted it to be close, but he was completely wrong. He was watching it in real time and just, yeah, like you said, doubling and tripling down. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's just, he's the dude that like played the game back in the day. So he can't be wrong about anything that he says. And that shit just gets under my skin, man. Between that and then, so the first T situation, we can touch on that for just a sec. Uh, there's no spectators around the allowed around the first T. Like this is a fucking major. This isn't a club championship. You've got six dudes with lanyards on standing around the first T, like they're out there on a Tuesday afternoon watching their buddies tee off number one. Like there's so many things about. Uh, I don't know why. Like I'm just. I was just a little salty. Like I'm very happy for Wyndham, but a lot of things about this major just didn't feel like a major. Um, so what did, what did you think of that first T situation? Well, it, it had me fucked up because first of all, like they had to hit over like flower beds. I think they maybe just moved the extra box back. So it looked like they were not teeing off yet. Cause there was, like you said, there was nobody there and they're hitting over like they're right behind in front of the cart path, but hitting, I was like, are they teeing off? And then they missed Wyndham Clark's tee, like tee ball yesterday on the first hole. Yeah. The the broadcast had a few major gaffes. Then they have a fucking shot link in Scotty's way. So he lucks into a free drop today. That about set me off <laughs> on the par three. He hits one. He hits one fucking 70 yards left. And they're like, oh, no, he's going to chip it into this fucking camera we have. So he gets a free drop. Oh, two drops. He has to, he gets to place it. He was dead. And then he still made bogey, which he deserved. Like golf gods willed that par put out out of the hole, but like yeah, that was you know a joke, be, dude. Do you know what would be a really? 
a real U.S. Open would be no spectators. Nobody's looking for your fucking ball. There's no grandstands to blow it into. You're out there fending for yourself. You get three minutes to find that motherfucker. You're reteeing. Like, just make it as hard as possible. And another thing that if you don't know this already, but I, you obviously know it. Some people, if you don't know this, you shouldn't fucking participate. If you go to a golf tournament and you're walking around and you see a golf ball and you fucking grab it, what is going through your brain? Like, how dumb do you have to be to think that you can just pick up a golf ball like somebody left it there for you? Like, did you see that that chick today just run over on number one, pick up the golf ball, and then everybody's like, no, 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 no. And she's like, oh, and just throws it down. Like, what the fuck? If that was my girlfriend, I would, like, take her hand and walk her back to the car, and we would have a silent ride home. Like, there, and I'm not saying it's just <laughs> restricted for girls because dudes do it too. Like, unless it is sitting in front of you, even at the fucking Canadian Open last week, Tommy Fleetwood blows it in the grandstands, and... <clears throat> The dudes were like, can we, can we grab it? Can we throw it down to you? They were taking pictures with it before. So they were just playing stupid. Like they hadn't touched it. Um, but even in the grandstands, you let the ball sit there and you let the dude, you know, unless they tell you to touch it, do not fucking touch it. It just absolutely blows my mind that there's people that that's like, your girlfriend running out on the basketball court and just grabbing the ball and being like, Oh, is this for me? Like, no, there there's a game happening here. So don't fucking interfere with it. Like, Oh my God, that, that sent me like through the moon today. I was so fucking pissed. Uh, I, I was, I was, I got irrationally angry watching that chick just walk over, pick up the ball. And then, and I love how everybody just plays dumb. Like you just not, you just not think, do you not have a brain? Are you fucking hammered at 11 AM? Maybe. I mean, I would hope she was hammered. Like there's just no excuse for it. Yeah. Just absolutely no excuse for it. One other crazy thing that did happen, uh, Cam Young's ball going into the golf cart, into the golf ball holder of the golf cart, maybe the most miraculous golf shot ever hit. You know, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe Tiger's chipping at the Masters <laughs> is right up there, but yeah, I, like I, the odds of that happening are just the most unbelievable thing ever. Yeah, that's uh, all right. That's, do you have anything else? Uh, sounds like you sounds like you've gone on a couple rants about the golf course. Uh, players did too, so we're not alone there. Uh, any anything else you wanted to touch on there? Um, the next time. They have a U.S. Open here. I'm going to be 44 years old, and that's still going to be too soon. I did not fucking like this course. I think the members ruined it for everyone. Very happy for Wyndham. Glad he got it done. Uh, Ricky's never going to win a major. Rory may never win a major either. He's fucking captain choke artist. Um, other than that, I'm pretty free and clear here. Damn. I uh, don't have anything to say to that. Uh, we are uh we're done we're done i'm just gonna let it end on your and, rants and scotty, uh, appreciate you I'm, guys all i'm also gonna say scotty's gonna win about 10 more majors in his career like if he can figure out anything with the putter he will win 
six to ten majors in his career. Guarantee it. Oh, that reminds me. I got to find this Michael Kim tweet now because it was so fucking funny. Oh, was it the Rory with the wedge or a chance that Ricky or Justin Thomas and Max Homa went live today on Instagram? Did you see that? They were tweeting yes. about it in the PGA Tour. Like, they're like, DM us. That um, wasn't. Yeah, Michael Kim is actually a great follow on Twitter. He does say some good shit. And he gives a little actual real insight to, um, I feel like he gives a, a very real take on what's actually happening. So he's a great follow. Well, he goes, um, this is like a couple hours ago. He goes, amazing how Scheffler looks like he can't get anything to go in his way and he's in third place. I wish I could describe how high of a level third place at a U.S. Open is. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That's, and dude, that's just how that guy is, though. Like, it does not matter what goes wrong. He can't make anything close. Then he ends up making like a 60-footer. Like, it, that guy, he, he's going to be – he's he should be he should be an auto top 10 bet for even at minus odds for every event. I'm sorry. Like, I can't no. bet on him to win events at plus 550 because it's not worth it. I I totally agree. I mean, that there's no reason why you shouldn't be betting on that dude week in, week out. He is literally – just staple his name to the top of the leaderboard because even if he does not win – I. I don't remember the last cut the dude missed. Like he he is there every week. And yesterday, I mean, you know, it wasn't Sunday, but he finishes 17, 18, two, three on about a combined thousand yards worth of golf hole. Um, he finishes it in five strokes, which included, well, one putt <laughs> there. He hold out on, uh, on 17, but the dude is just a fucking, ball striking animal like i gotta give him his props where props are due i bet on him today and i so for scotty for that i apologize because i can't win a bet to save my life uh that's just i mush everybody so uh another another offer for you for the week unfortunately i had two guys in the top 10 but i fucking suck at betting dude sam burns terrible max homa max has gotta like figure something out he's 76 i think on friday to miss the cut um and i can't even remember who i had as my third guy it justin rose he was out in the first nine holes yeah he fucking shot like 43 on the front nine like i can't catch a break man i i feel like ricky fowler pre butch Harmon 2020 like i'm in my rock bottom here uh so i i need to be better I'm going to get in the lab and really grind out some picks and they can all fucking suck. But at least I put in a little more thought. Yeah, you'll be back. You'll be back. And we'll be back uh, this week with Big Drive Energy. We appreciate you guys all tuning in. Follow us on all the socials at Big Drive Energy on Twitter, at Big Drive Energy Pod on Instagram. We, uh, our forecast for this week is playing golf a couple of times actually and we're working a golf tournament um doing a the big drive and long drive contest next saturday at a char- uh, charity celebrity event uh so pretty excited about that we've got a lot of a lot of golf in our future the next six days so we're looking forward to it make sure you guys tune in to big drive energy weekly wherever you get your podcasts as well as on the youtube shout out to colorado boy Wyndham clark you are the shit you are way better than me. You are way better than us. And now your fear, your your career, now that we spoke it into existence, can officially take off. Just like us. Peace. Peace.